0: Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Last week, I did a podcast on talking about difficult subjects, specifically in this context of having a dialogue or a conversation about difficult issues. And I promised last week that I would follow up with a second podcast called Preaching About Difficult Subjects or Preaching About Controversial Issues, and I'm going to do that today. That's the theme of this podcast. Now, last week and this week, both podcasts resulted from an email uh, that a listener sent me, asking me to address similar subjects. And so, once again, I'll throw it out there for you. Uh, you can email me here at the seminary, uh, jeffiorg at gs.edu. I'll get that email. I'll look at your idea, your suggestion, your question, and I'll see if I can't uh, respond to it by building a podcast in in uh, in response. So today preaching about difficult subjects are preaching on controversial issues let me give you seven suggestions that will help you to do this uh, more effectively and when i say preaching i know not all of you are pastors but i mean uh speaking in a sunday school class uh, at a conference at a retreat uh, any kind of public speaking opportunity including preaching i think these principles will apply number one Ministry leaders have an obligation to address difficult subjects, and so don't try to duck that obligation. Take on the challenge of speaking about difficult subjects or addressing controversial issues. But let me say some things about that. While you do have an obligation or a responsibility, uh, because you're a ministry leader, to voice some perspective to your followers on these kinds of issues, remember, you only need to address them when you're ready not when you're pressured to do so. Address them when you're ready, not when you're pressured to do so. Just because uh, everyone around you is saying something and everyone around you is clamoring for you to say something doesn't mean that you have to say anything. I sometimes find myself having to apply this principle when I'm writing my blog. People say, well, address this or address that, or why don't you speak to this or why don't you speak to that? And my response internally is, when I'm ready, I will. And the same thing is true not just about writing a public message but speaking one as well. Address these issues when you're ready, not when you're pressured to do so. Also, feel free to address a a difficult subject once and then stand by that message. I did this a number of years ago on the subject of same-sex marriage. I spent a considerable amount of time developing a uh, manuscripted presentation to give here at the seminary on this subject. And I uh, poured a lot of time into it, gave a lot of thought to how I wanted to approach it, uh, produced not only that message that day, but also made sure that it was available in video format and then in manuscript format. And in the future, when people ask me about same-sex marriage and when I'm going to speak about it or what I have to say about it, I just simply refer people back to that message or I send them a printed copy of that manuscript. When you address something once and then stand by that message, you don't have to keep preaching on it every week or every other week or ever so often. You can just make a statement and stand by that statement. I remember a number of years ago that A family came uh, to visit our church and ultimately joined our church. And they were coming from a large uh, Bible church in our area. And so I asked them straight up, why are you leaving your former church and why are you coming to ours? And I'll never forget what the man said. He said, I'm coming to your church because I'm tired of hearing about abortion every Sunday in the sermon. Now, abortion is an important issue. But this church had fallen into a pattern of emphasizing it over and over and over again and the pastor speaking on it over and over and over again. I think a better approach is to develop a very thorough and serious message on the subject of abortion, preach that message, make sure it's videoed and manuscripted, and then make it available in the future to people who ask you about that issue. You don't have to keep preaching on these issues Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Now, speaking on a difficult subject doesn't also, doesn't, not only doesn't mean you have to do it every week, but it doesn't mean you have to speak on every subject. Now, I know you may think, well, I'm supposed to comment on every important issue that is portrayed in the news media or on social media. That's just simply not true. You are not obligated to preach on, what, on every subject every week that everyone around you is saying is important. Now also, just because you have an obligation to address difficult issues or to speak on controversial subjects does not mean that you have to have all the answers on these issues. For example, there are times when I will say, this is what I believe, this is where I am today, this is what I can communicate, or this is what I've come to on this issue, but I'll even in the message leave it open-ended that I have more discovery to accomplish and more truth to add at a later date. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers on every issue. So, number one, uh, ministry leaders, including pastors, have an obligation, a responsibility to address difficult subjects. But only do so when you're ready, not when you're pressured. Do it one time and then stand by that message rather than addressing the same thing week week after week after week after week after week. Speaking on difficult subjects doesn't mean you have to address every subject and it doesn't mean you have to have all the answers on every subject you do address. Number two, when you preach or speak on a difficult subject, preach a general message to address large issues, not to confront or respond to individuals. Particularly, don't use sermon time to handle a private conflict or address a private issue. Speak about large issues that don't involve any individuals directly in your audience or in your community. And speak on large issues means that you are trying to solve or that you are not trying to solve or comment on individual events, but that you're speaking more broadly about things that need to be addressed in culture. For example, in our current situation, it is important to speak a clear message about racism, it is not so important that you comment on every individual event of racist activity that's reported in the news media. Speak about issues the Bible addresses when you're speaking about these large or general uh, issues and be careful not to make rash applications or what I call exegetical leaps taking the Bible and applying it in your current situation. Now, speak about the large issues the Bible addresses and how it addresses those. But be careful about making applications too quickly about specific items. Like, for example, there are a lot of people being laid off in our culture today. Uh, Be careful that you don't equate that with God's judgment or be careful that you don't equate that with some other large theme like uh, economic uh, parity or economic stability that, that, that you promise to people that you claim comes from some proof texting that you've done, be careful about that. Same thing about governmental funding. Uh, there's all kinds of governmental funding going on in our world today, and recently some of it's been made available to ministry organizations through the Payroll Protection Plan. Some Christians were very strongly opposed to taking that, and some Christians were not. Be careful when you comment on things like this, because there's all kinds of government funding going on, and people sitting in front of you in your audience are getting it. For example, I know of a senior citizen who's getting Social Security, that's a form of government funding, but she's also getting food stamps, because her Social Security is so low that she qualifies for um, food assistance programs with the government. And so when she hears you attacking governmental funding from the pulpit, Uh, as if all governmental funding is the same or all of it's bad, she wonders, well, am I doing something wrong by taking this money? And so be careful about what I call these exegetical leaps, where you make a a leap that goes too far in terms of uh, making an application or commenting about something that's going on in our culture. So, let's start, let's review again. You have an obligation or a responsibility to address difficult subjects in appropriate ways, uh, you do so by preaching general messages to address large issues, not to attack individuals or to solve every private conflict or to take on every personal instance of struggle that is being, that uh, our, our, uh, our conflict that's going on around you. Number three, be measured in your comments. When you're speaking on difficult subjects, this is the time to speak frankly but not to overspeak about these issues. In other words, don't use hyperbole or exaggerated statements. Now, I'm like most preachers. I use hyperbole and exaggeration. I'll say always when I don't really mean always, and I'll say never when I don't really mean never, And usually, the context helps people to sort out the hyperbole and to diminish some of the exaggerations, and people walk away understanding what was meant or the thrust of the meaning of what was communicated. Well, the more controversial the subject you're addressing, the less of that you need to do. Learn to speak without hyperbole and without exaggeration when you're talking about these difficult or challenging subjects. And then as a part of that, don't use hostile humor. Now, hostile humor is when you make fun of something or make fun of someone by making a joke about them or in some way using humor to put them down. Now, every one of us slips into this. Uh, We slip into it on social media. We slip into it in private conversations. And I'm not saying that I'm above using hostile humor from time to time. But I want to make very sure that when I'm speaking on a controversial issue or dealing with one of these difficult subjects in public that I do not use any hostile humor. That's not the time to make fun of any group of people or any any practice of any group of people. This is not the time uh, to tear people down or to try to build up your argument with hostile humor. And then, and this is going to be really hard to understand, so pay close attention, as a part of being measured in your comments, don't make presumptive conclusions. Don't make presumptive conclusions. Now, I'm going to use one that's in the culture right now, and it's very controversial, so, so hear, me, hear me clearly. I've heard preachers refer to George Floyd as being murdered. Now, George Floyd certainly lost his life at the hands of a police officer. And that police officer has been charged with murder. But until there's a trial and a conviction, it's not appropriate to make the conclusive statement that George Floyd was murdered. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not excusing what happened in that situation, nor am I diminishing how horrific it was and the impact that it's had on the country. I'm simply saying that when you're speaking about a controversial issue like that one and using that particular instance if you're speaking about that one in public, make sure you speak exactly what is true so far. Don't make presumptive conclusions. And then I'd add to that, don't then make pronouncements about what you think ought to happen or what has to happen because of what you know about the situation. Frankly, you don't know much about many of the situations that are portrayed in the media. One of the things I've had to learn over the years is that these presumptive conclusions can get me into trouble because later on more information comes out or a different perspective is discovered and I'm made to look foolish because of my presumption. So, be measured in your comments Don't use hyperbole or exaggeration or hostile humor. Don't make presumptive conclusions. Speak the facts about public situations, not your conclusions or your emotionally driven uh, assumptions about a situation. And then get your facts from reputable sources and document what you say. Now... When I say document, I don't mean you footnote your sermon as you deliver it, but you have the documentation in hand and you actually perhaps even mention the documentation by saying in a recent article in U.S. News and World Report or in a recent uh, published article in the Wall Street Journal, something like that where people know the source of the facts or the data that you're communicating. And get these facts from reputable sources. uh, And remember, most of what you read online is a Uh, is not reputable and if it is, it's probably copied from something that is more reputable so trace information back as close as you can to its best source and use only uh, reputable data from reputable sources. So be measured in your comments. Be sure that you don't overstate your position or overstate your conclusions or overstate your assumptions and therefore undermine the real power of your message. Number four, prepare thoroughly and consider speaking from a manuscript even if you don't normally do so. Now, I do not normally preach from a manuscript. But when I want to prepare very thoroughly to speak about a difficult or a controversial subject, I do use a manuscript. Now, remember, a manuscript isn't a term paper. Don't write it like a paper that you're turning in. Write it like you speak or write it like you talk. And that means that a, writ- a manuscript written in an oral style uh, may break some grammatical rules because you're going to write it like you're going to say it, not like you're going to turn it in uh, in a doctoral seminar. So write or plan to use a manuscript written in an oral style even if you don't normally do so. Now why will this be helpful? Well, number one, It will help you be more precise with your words. It will help you to really look at the words you're using and make sure that you are using the appropriate word in its setting and in its context. Second, it will help you to avoid spontaneous comments that get you in trouble. Now, I've learned after preaching for all these years that when I have a spontaneous thought come to me while preaching to to not always blurt that out. Now sometimes in the moment, I believe that God's spirit gives us a spontaneous insight that he wants us to share, I get that. But be careful about those. I believe God can inspire us on Tuesday for a message he wants preached on Sunday just as well as he can on Sunday. So if I've come to the preaching moment thoroughly prepared, I want to trust my preparation and not depend too much on the spontaneity of new information that comes to mind in the moment. More often than not, spontaneous comments get you into trouble. There are those extra things you throw in, those asides that you add, those a little snarky or or snide remarks that you stick into your sermon. Those are the parts that get you into trouble that undermine the rest of what you're trying to communicate. If you use a manuscript and you stick with the manuscript, it'll help you to avoid the spontaneous comments. A manuscript will also allow you to have others read and comment on what you plan to say. I'll have several people read and comment on the manuscript uh, before I preach before I preach it. Now, I'll have some vice presidents, I'll have some public relations people, I'll have some faculty members. Uh, I'll just pick three or four people and say, would you read this from your perspective and just kind of reflect with me on what you see here? And I don't ask them to rewrite it. I just ask me, them to tell me what are the, the, red, the, the, uh, the red flags they see flying in this manuscript and, and, and what needs to be done about it. Now, let me, let me carefully add this. Sometimes I'll get reflection from people here at the seminary that will say, This is just controversial. I hope you know that. Well, that doesn't mean I don't say it. They're just alerting me that, wow, this is controversial, or, wow, are you really going to say that? Sometimes they give me that kind of feedback, and I go right ahead with it because that's really what I'm trying to do is address a controversial subject. What I'm trying to use in having people read it is not editing out everything that's controversial. I'm trying to have them read it to make sure that it makes sense that it's cogent in its argument, that it's clear in its communication, <clears throat> and I want to know how it's going to be seen from some different audiences. So if possible, I'll even have like some younger uh, uh, people read it here, maybe some older, some women, some women, some men, and maybe some people from different racial or ethnic backgrounds. When you do that and you let other people read and comment on what you plan to say, it really sharpens what you're trying to communicate. And what I've learned over the years, this is just a, just a rule of thumb, I've learned over the years, if I have two different people read something and they both comment on a particular sentence or a particular paragraph, I know I need to go back and work on that some more. Because if one person comments, I'll say, okay, I kind of get where you're coming from and I can fix that. But if two or more comment on the same thing, I know I have an issue that I really need to work through more carefully uh, before I speak publicly on that issue. And then the last thing a manuscript does for you, as I've already mentioned, is, is it gives you a resource to give people in the future. So, for example, when someone comes and asks you, What's your position on racism? Or what's your position on the pandemic? Or what's your position on same sex marriage? Or what's your position about uh, abortion? Or what's your position about uh, evangelism in our denomination? Or what's your position about social justice issues that are arising around us? Well, would you develop a thorough message on that? You preach it from a manuscript, then you have that, and you can say to a person who asks you three months or three years later, uh, what's your stand on this? You can say, let me send you something that will help you understand where I'm coming from, and you can just send them the message. And you know they're going to get a really thorough response that's, not, that's going to be a better answer than you could give them just in the spur of the moment. So let's review. Pastors have an obligation or responsibility to address difficult subjects, but to do so appropriately and in a timetable that really suits their ministry. Uh, ministry leaders have a gen- should address general messages and grand themes or large ideas, not individuals, or try to solve private conflicts or comment on every individual event that comes along in our culture. We want to be measured in our comments, avoiding hyperbole, hostile humor, presumptive conclusions, things like that. Prepare thoroughly by using a manuscript. And then number five, preach large theological themes that address the issues at hand. Now in our world right now, uh, with what's going on this summer, here's what I mean. On the positive side, uh, I'd be preaching right now on God's providence and sustaining power. God is at work in his world in every situation, in every culture, in every circumstance, in every hardship. God is at work, and he has a sustaining power to see his people through anything. I'd be preaching on God's care for people in crisis and going through the Bible and just pointing out story after story after story where God saw people through pandemics, God saw people through natural disasters, God saw people through military conflicts. God has always had a people and he's always cared for his people in crisis and he's always sustained them through those times. Uh, Right now I'd be preaching about God's creative power and his image found in every human this is the reason, by the way, we confront racism. Uh, We don't confront it because we have a high value on diversity or because we want to be politically correct. We confront racism because every single human is made in the image of God. Every single human has value in their standing before God. And because of that, every single human deserves respect and an opportunity uh, to, uh, to, to, to flourish in life. Now, that's why we confront racism, and so this grand theme of God's creative order and the image of God found in every human, that's a core theological theme that should be preached today. Well, then on the negative, there are some theological themes that could also be preached today, like God's judgment and what it means for all of us. It's hard to look at what's happening in our world right now and not see God's judgment on us for our rebellion toward him. When you look at natural disasters, plagues, uh, financial calamity, military threat, uh, when you look at the chaotic leadership that we have right now in our country, it's hard to not see in all of that something of the judgment of God on us for the way we've rebelled against Him. Now, we want to be careful about that because we don't want to be, as I've said earlier, presumptive in our conclusions. But I don't think it's wrong to call people to account and to say, that in the context of these kinds of circumstances throughout the Bible, God has always said to his people, repent and come back to me and find in me the sustaining power and satisfaction that you need to survive. Another thing, a negative theme that I think can be preached today is God's hatred for idols and how he is exposing them in our lives right now. I think that in American culture, uh, sports are an idol. I think that uh, our economy is an idol. Uh, I think our entertainment industry is full of idols. Good grief, we even have a show called American Idol. You get the idea. Uh, These uh, idols are anything that demands our allegiance and takes us away from a pure-hearted devotion to God. And I believe right now what's happening in our world is exposing some of these false idols and revealing them to be uh, the vacuous, uh, inadequate sources of satisfaction, peace, and hope that they really are. So when I talk about preaching large theological themes, I'm saying both on the positive and the negative, we should be declaring these great truths of God and how they impact us and how they see us through and how they sustain us and how they confront us in the context of what's going on in our world today. Number six, this grows out of that last idea. Number six, use the Bible carefully. Now, if you were on the podcast last week or heard the podcast last week, uh, you're going to hear some of the same things about publicly speaking about controversial issues that I said about talking about them in private or dialogical or conversational settings. Use the Bible carefully means don't weaponize Scripture. Don't lift passages out of context to attack certain groups or certain individuals or certain people. If you want to lift out passages on God's judgment, for example, I think you should preach it honestly about how God's judgment falls on, the, both the, 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 uh, falls on everyone uh, and how God's judgment is being experienced by everyone and not weaponize those passages of Scripture to attack certain groups or individuals. Also, don't proof text Scripture or use it out of balance. As I said last week, uh, I've been attacked by people because of my stand on morality they say, doesn't the Bible say love one another? Well, of course it says that. Well, that means I should be able to love whoever I want, and I should be able to love the person I choose. And no, that's not what the Bible means by love one another. The Bible also has balancing verses about the true meaning of love, which never equates it with lust, and also the importance of moral standards and moral choices as an expression of loving one another. And so be careful when you're preaching uh, from biblical passages that you don't proof text scripture or use it out of balance, but that you use scripture in its context. And then don't make presumptive applications. Yes, the Bible speaks a great deal about justice, but be careful that you don't prescribe what you believe justice means just to satisfy your own perspective of what law and order is about or what you think ought to be happening in our culture. Be careful about that. And then finally, number seven, Return to your standard preaching pattern soon. In other words, while it is occasionally appropriate to step out of a normal preaching pattern and to say, I need to address this issue that's going on in our culture right now, or I need to address this large issue that's impacting our world uh, and, and give us clarity about that. While that's certainly important, I would not counsel you to do that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Uh, I would instead counsel you to return to to your standard preaching pattern soon. Either start or continue an appropriate series that addresses how your followers can respond to life in the broadest sense, not just in the particular problem that you're addressing in your special message on a controversial or difficult subject. That means you return to preaching through books of the Bible or through sections of books of the Bible or you pick a theme theologically and you address that theme as it moves throughout the Bible. I don't think that even during a crisis time like we're in today that preaching on a crisis subject or a difficult subject or a challenging subject Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday is really going to be all that helpful. Yes, you have to address these kind of issues, but as soon as you've addressed them and you feel like you've addressed them well, then move back into a standard preaching pattern. Move into a pattern that addresses uh, life in a broader context than just the particular issue at hand. Well, preaching, teaching, communicating in public forums about difficult Subjects are challenging issues. You have an obligation to do so. You're a Christian leader, and we need to speak a Christian perspective about these issues. But when you do so, preach a general message that addresses issues, large issues, grand issues, not individuals, and certainly not individual conflicts or individual events or situations. Be measured in your comments. No hyperbole, no exaggeration, no hostile humor, and no, no presumptive conclusions, even about things that are going on in our world that everyone else may be drawing conclusions about. You stick to the facts. Prepare thoroughly. I encourage you to use a manuscript. And when you do that, you'll have a permanent record that can be useful in so many ways moving forward. Preach large theological themes and preach from the Bible, but when you do so, be sure that you use the Bible in appropriate ways that avoid some of the common mistakes people make when they try to use the Bible to support their position rather than speak clearly to us from God's position. And then finally, while it is important to occasionally address a difficult issue, it's also important that your church have a sense of stability and of movement and of momentum that comes from your preaching or teaching ministry and that that pattern is established and carries a church forward apart from Uh, what it has to deal with in these controversial or difficult subjects. Well, I hope these uh, instructions help you today as you preach, teach, or otherwise communicate in public forums about difficult or controversial issues. It's challenging, but you can do it as you lead on.